Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 13 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 13 of the Russell Subtopia Network is officially underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as we kick off another week in the busy world of professional wrestling. And hopefully I have better news to provide. And in fact, I hope I have no news to provide regarding WWE layoffs, furloughs, and everything in between. So hopefully this is a news-free week, free of drama and controversy. It's only Tuesday, but here's hoping I have very little to report on this week in WWE and hopefully AEW for that matter as well. I do want to note a couple of NXT releases that happened on Thursday and Friday of this week with the most notable names being Tanara Conte and Cash Zona who were released from NXT this past week. Tanara, I thought, had a lot of potential, but was still very green with her in-ring work. And Cash Zono, a seasoned veteran dating back to his Ring of Honor days as Chris Hero, and he had a couple of runs in NXT that transition into NXT UK as being a player coach to fully get that brand off the ground overseas. He's reverted to his own name of Chris Hero. I don't know what that means for his future, if he's gonna continue wrestling, but we shall see. He's definitely a true talent that has given so much to the industry over the years, and hopefully he'll be able to land on his feet soon. And I will say the same for Tanara as well, if she chooses to pursue wrestling further outside of WWE definitely has potential, but she needs more refinement in the ring and hopefully gaining indie experience can help definitely aid her along the way when things open back up when it's safe and healthy to do so. So I'm wishing both of them the best and I hate to use the quote from WWE, but I do wish it the best sincerely in their future endeavors. And that is it for the layoffs and furloughs front in WWE as of right now. If anything changes between now and Thursday, I will update accordingly on the podcast. But it appears WWE might have reconsidered letting someone go as his or her name was mentioned a lot during last night's episode of Monday Night Raw, which I will get to momentarily as the action continues to emanate from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And it was live from the WWE PC. They made a point to mention that throughout the night as we get ready for the batshit craziest, insane Money in the Bank pay-per-view of all time as we work from the bottom all the way up to the top floor of WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. Yes, it's really happening. The men and women's ladder matches will not be ladder matches per se as the action starts from the ground floor of WWE HQ with everything culminating on the roof of the building with the briefcases hanging high above the ring. Yes, I am not making that up as they climb the corporate ladder of success WWE style. But one person who does not have to worry about climbing anything yet at least is our current WWE champion Drew McIntyre that kicked off last night's show as he explained that it's lonely at the top so they say and there's a bullseye on his back when it comes to challengers vying for his title and Seth Rollins is no exception to that rule and he welcomes the challenge by challenging Rollins to a match for the WWE championship at the money in the bank pay-per-view because he realizes being WWE champion brings a lot of prestige, 
fame and glory, which is all well and good, but he wants someone to earn that opportunity. He respects Rollins' resume and multiple championship reigns, but he has something to prove. You have to beat the best in order to be the best. And he intends to do that at Money in the Bank. Before he could deliver a personal message to Rollins directly into the camera, Zelina Vega and Angel Garza, who has new remix theme music that in my opinion sucks, came out to interrupt, I'm just saying. Drew had a great off the cuff line by calling Zelina his number one thorn in the ass and Zelina was more than happy to oblige by saying that Drew was more focused on what was ahead of him versus what's in front of him in the form of Angel Garza during their main event later tonight. And as she was speaking, Andrade chop blocked Drew McIntyre from behind with the sneak attack, but that was foiled quickly when McIntyre laid him out with a Claymore kick and in a hilarious moment, Zelina was trying to encourage Austin Theory and Angel Garza to attack Drew McIntyre. And she looked at them, they looked at her, they looked at each other, they looked at the ring, and they thought better of it. They made a business decision for their own self-preservation as Drew McIntyre claymored Andrade out of the ring and hit the Tranquilo pose for good measure to troll Zelina Vega and company as the opening segment came to an end. A very fun way to start the show. Drew McIntyre is such a seamless baby face so cool calm and collected saying hello all you cool cats and kittens a tremendous reference to tiger king on netflix i just love his personality and how confident he is on the mic and in the ring and he is really that alpha male leader of monday night raw and it's so refreshing to see someone have fun and not let the weight of being the champion get next to them and not lose their sense of self, which is always a positive in my book. And I wanna single out Zelina Vega for a moment. She is quickly becoming an MVP of the empty arena era. She was tremendous all night long. The opening segment on commentary, which I will get to in a moment, backstage segments at ringside. Everything she did tonight, she sold it like a million bucks. She is a great manager, a great talker, and has it. And she is a great antagonist and pest to Drew McIntyre. And they play off each other so well. It supersedes what they did in NXT. They just have this weird dynamic that works and is not forced or phoned in, which is always a good thing. Overall, this was a fun way to kick off the show. Very light and fun, which set the tone for the rest of the evening. And ultimately, the main event match featuring Garza versus McIntyre in a non-title affair. Moving on to a Money in the Bank qualifying match, the first of three. Our first bout was Aleister Black versus Zelina Vegas client, Austin Theory. And I have to say they had a very good match. The transitions early on were a little herky-jerky, but they cleaned things up after the commercial break. And as I mentioned earlier, Zelina Vega was an absolute star on the show. And she was tremendous on guest commentary. She roasted Byron Saxton like a rotisserie chicken, and I howled with laughter the entire time. She would mock him for asking stupid questions, and she would go off on different tangents from her facial expressions to everything she was saying. It was spot on, even antagonizing her husband in kayfabe by distracting him long enough for Austin Theory to pounce on him that led to the commercial break. Second half of the match was much better. Both guys working hard in the ring. Great counter offense from Aleister Black and ultimately he caught Theory with the knee that set up Black Mass and Theory ducked. 
for the second time after he almost got nailed early on in the match. And he tried to charge after Black and he hit him with Black Mass. Clear flush in the face for the one, two, three as he advances to the Money in the Bank ladder match on Sunday, May 10th at 7 Eastern on the WWE Network as he tries to climb the corporate ladder of success to become a champion on the WWE main roster for the very first time. A very good match. Zelina Vega was a true star as well on commentary to really sell the match even more with the facial expressions down the stretch and Aleister Black putting in that work. And Austin Theory having his best showing on Monday Night Raw to date, which shows his growth as a performer as he continues to learn on the job week in and week out during the empty arena era. The viciousness of Shayna Baszler continued as she stumped out another victim in the form of NXT upstart Andy Hartwell in a short but effective segment that put over Shayna's dominance and her dangerous streak as she cements herself as a true contender in the Money in the Bank ladder match in a few weeks on the WWE Network. Hartwell had some hope spots, but it was not enough as her arm got stumped, which led to referee stoppage and Baszler getting the win, but Baszler was not done. She grabbed a ladder, placed it on the steel steps, trapped Hartwell's arm underneath the ladder and stomped on it for good measure as the referee and other WWE officials tried to stop her to no avail. Hartwell did a great job selling the injury to really cement Shayna being a dominant force in the women's division despite not winning the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania, which is a nice storyline thread to say that Shayna is more dangerous than ever, that this loss has really affected her, and no one is safe, that there will be no long matches on her watch as of right now. This is seek and destroy. If you're in my way, I'm gonna take you out in two minutes or less. And Hartwell was a victim as well as Sarah Logan on last week's show, which I will get to regarding the fate of Sarah Logan after she was released from WWE in just a moment. Before I spill that tea, I wanna shine a spotlight on Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. They've been a tag team for a few weeks now. And at first I thought it was a very random mashup of guys that were very athletic, but hmm, an odd team to say the least. From last week to this week, a 180. They are tremendous as a tag team. They had a two minute sprint against Britton Vick and Shane Thorne from NXT. And everything they did in two minutes was crisp, clean, and innovative. They can be tag team champions before the summer is over in my estimation. If they can get some personality and some shine on them on the mic or get a manager <clears throat> MVP, they are winners in my book. But in the ring alone, they were so great last night. My gosh, and I can't discount Vink or Thorne. They held their own and hell, they could really be a quality tag team on Monday Night Raw as well if they have some more personality and shine behind them as well. So this was a great sprint for all parties involved. The finish came with Ricochet hitting the recoil on Thorne with Alexander hitting the lumbar check for good measure to pick up the win for his team. Overall, this was a nice spotlight fall for guys ultimately, but specifically Ricochet and Alexander, they can be a damn good tag team. They have the matching outfits down, had a very good match against the Viking Raiders last week that I was really torn about because I like both teams a lot, but this was a nice bounce back from last week's loss. And here's hoping the momentum continues for this very talented team on the rise. And speaking of the Viking Raiders, I saw quite possibly the most bizarre thing of 2020 and I've seen a lot of shit, but this one was different. We had Eric and I of our rolling around Florida in an SUV and they were doing carpool karaoke. It was very strange. 
It was very hokey and corny. I guess Ivar eating the turkey drumstick was the highlight, but it was so cheesy. And this is not the image of the Viking Raiders we should see on WWE television. I want War Machine from Ring of Honor in New Japan. I want the War Raiders from NXT, damn it. Two mean mugging motherfuckers that's gonna fuck people up on a regular basis, seek and destroy. They can be badasses as heels and or baby faces. But for crying out loud, what we saw last night was a weird flex that was not needed, especially after Bianca Belair cut a serious promo on her husband and Angelo Dawkins, the Street Profits, about how they need to take the Viking Raiders more seriously since they never beat them in a match for the tag team titles. And now you're in a title defense situation potentially, and now these guys are in a fucking car singing and eating turkey legs. It was very distracting to say the least and hopefully there's a course correction and not something to make Vince laugh when he is stuck in Florida for the foreseeable future. Just saying. I want to shine a spotlight on MVP who was in a Money in the Bank qualifying match against Apollo Crews. Cut a very good promo being braggadocious as usual how he's going to climb that corporate ladder and snatch that briefcase and I must say he had his best match since returning to WWE in January during his semi-retirement tour and I thought MVP and Cruz had a really nice showing together. They worked well together and the match was solid in Crispin's spots as well. MVP even had the nearest of near falls by hitting the playmaker for a very close two count as Apollo just got that shoulder up to stay in the match. From there, he became more aggressive and intent on winning as he landed two perfect shooting star presses standing, mind you, followed by the spin-out powerbomb for the win as Cruz moves on to the Money in the Bank ladder match, which will emanate from WWE we headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut, as he too would try to climb that corporate ladder of success. Shout out to MVP once again for being that seasoned veteran. It puts some much need to shine on Apollo Crews. We still need Crews to speak for himself on the mic to get his personality over because his in-ring is never a question mark. It's about that personality and how he can project it for the audience. And he has a lot to make up for with the years of being underused, underpushed, and underutilized on the WWE main roster. And I thought MVP did a great job trying to put some shine on Cruz to get him elevated to that next level. And as I hinted at earlier, MVP, if he's not gonna be wrestling forever, and he's been predicting his retirement for at least four months now, here is hoping that he can offer his managerial services to the likes of Ricochet and Cedric Alexander as they become a burgeoning tag team in WWE. That is my hope. That is my prayer to the wrestling gods in the sky to make it happen because I do think he is the missing piece to get that team over the hump and in tag team title contention later this summer. Fingers crossed and all that jazz. It was ladies' night in WWE as we had not one, not two, not three, not four, but five matches involving the women of WWE. Five. I think that's a record for Raw and SmackDown. They were all short, but all meaningful in their own way. And I want to give the golden star to Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot in a very good match that they maximized their minutes to the fullest. This was a clean and crisp match. As I always say, you work best with your best friend. And when you work together like that, you tend to create magic. And they did so last night. I thought Liv and Ruby worked really well together, had a really good match, could have won an additional 
five to 10 minutes, I wouldn't have complained. And Liv picked up a very key win with a springboard flat liner that was hit perfectly on Ruby for the one, two, three. Another signature win for Liv Morgan as she lies in wait in the women's division of Monday Night Raw as she tries to sneak her way into title contention post money in the bank. And Sarah Logan was mentioned a lot on last night's show. She was released this past Wednesday, but apparently fortunes have changed in a great way as it's possible. She has been re-signed to WWE. The door is open for her to return based on some rumors and speculation that a lot of people went to bat for Sarah Logan this past week because she is well-liked in the locker room. She's a vet, still has a lot to learn on the WWE main roster, but she has a lot to offer. Hopefully she gets another shot at being a difference maker in the Raw Women's Division because she definitely has potential if she's given the opportunity to do so. And I'm glad she has so many friends behind the scenes that vouch for her because that was a surprising release to me after her performance selling that arm injury this past week against Shayna Baszler on Raw. Also shout out to Nia Jax versus Kyrie Sane, Charlotte Flair versus Kaden Carter from NXT and Bianca Belair versus Santana Garrett as a wrapped up ladies night in WWE with our five for five matches on the card, which is unprecedented, but refreshing to say the least that we have enough female talent to stretch out three hours of Monday Night Raw. And most of those bouts were pretty good for the most part, served its purpose. I will say that Bianca Belair versus Santana Garrett was my least favorite match of the night because I just thought it was thrown together on a whim. And I thought this wasn't the best showcase for Bianca Belair because she has had better spotlight matches against Zelina Vega a few weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. So this was eh, okay. And I wasn't a fan of how Garrett sold the KOD with the knees being down before taking the finisher. That was a little clunky. But overall, Bianca gets the win and she gains that WWE catchphrase momentum heading into wherever she goes next in the Raw Women's Division. But shout out to the ladies for holding it down all night long on the flagship show. I tip my cap to you for a job well done. Moving on to our final Money in the Bank qualifying match of the evening. It was Rey Mysterio versus Murphy. Don't call him buddy. A very good match. I noticed Rey Mysterio's Batman gloves, a great pop culture touch in my estimation. And he had to sell his hand during the match when he dislocated his finger, which allowed Murphy to take advantage of the situation by targeting that hand and slamming into the barricade and attacking Mysterio in vicious fashion as the match went to commercial. Second half of the match was very strong with crisp action from both men. Mysterio is incredible. Murphy is one of the best when he's able to showcase what he can do. And Mysterio's fallacy was saying 619 prematurely and Murphy can hear him telegraph the finish and he moved out the way and hit him with a series of moves before dropping him with a brain buster for a near fall. Mysterio kicked out. They went to the top rope and Mysterio hit him with the Canadian Destroyer, followed by the 619 without calling it ahead of time, followed by the dropping of the dime for the top rope to pick up the win and secure the final spot for the Raw side in the Men's Money in the Bank ladder match, which will emanate from WWE HQ in Stanford, Connecticut, as Rey Mysterio 2 shall climb the corporate ladder of success to secure a briefcase and one more run potentially at a major championship 
championship in WWE. Fine work from both men. I'm super torn at the same time because Murphy has so much potential as being a top tier star. And I feel like his momentum has been stunted in recent months, despite his association with Seth Rollins. So here's hoping he's able to rebound from this loss and have a good push and sense of momentum heading into the spring and summer of WWE television. As for Mysterio, a seasoned veteran, a living legend can do very well in a ladder match environment, not including his mm, match against Andrade for the US title earlier this year on Monday Night Raw, but that can all be erased as he fights it out from the bottom floor of WWE HQ in order to get a shot at championship glory once again. In my sleeper match of the night, it was Akira Tozawa versus Andrade. And Akira Tozawa, to me, always and forever, is so much more than enhancement talent. He is one of the best wrestlers in the world. From his time in Japan to his work in the Cruiserweight Classic four years ago almost, to his reign as Cruiserweight Champion on 205 Live, to moving over to Raw, he's had several very good matches. And tonight, he was a house on fire against Andrade. He was a man on a mission. Since he's in the interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament on NXT round robin style and he let it all hang out last night. And most importantly, Jerry Lawler didn't say anything overtly racist and stupid, which is a plus in my book. He shut the fuck up and that's a good thing for all parties involved. Andrade had a good showing, but this was the Akira Tozawa show from the crazy senton on the outside to a fucking iron octopus submission hold on Andrade that had Andrade almost tap out as he bent the fingers for good measures. Lena Vega's at ringside selling her ass off via her facial expressions as she's so shock and horror throughout the match because she thought her guy was gonna get upset and it was looking very dreary for Andrade, but he pulled it out with the hammerlock DDT from the top rope for the win. And Akira Tozawa lost nothing in defeat. He was a star last night and it's a testament to his ability as a worker that he can do so much and can be such a valuable asset to Monday nights and NXT for that matter as well can vie for any championship on both brands. NXT title, Cruiserweight Championship, United States title, hell, a WWE Championship match against Drew McIntyre. I wouldn't bat an eyelash at it. I think they could have a hell of a battle because both guys they are in the business of beating the shit out of each other and putting in that work 24-7. And Tazawa, in my estimation, is truly one of the more underrated talents in WWE. He earned his paycheck last night. And I hate to say it, but he kind of outclassed Andrade in the ring. And Andrade is incredible as well. But Tazawa was in a league of his own. He was on a different planet. Maybe he was on Neptune to play on WWE having infinite universes. But in any event... He was great last night, and if he can continue this work rate in the NXT Interim Cruiserweight Championship Tournament round robin style, he could be that dude to carry that brand heading into the summer season. And Monday Night Raw as well, he can do both. If Charlotte Flair can be NXT Women's Champion, do double duty on Raw and NXT, so can Akira fucking Tozawa. Just saying. And now it is time for our main event segment featuring our reigning defending WWE champion Drew McIntyre against Angel Garza with Zelina Vega, Andrade, and Austin Theory at ringside to stir up trouble as usual. 
Drew McIntyre chopped the shit out of Angel Garza multiple times during the match until Garza's chest got beat red because those chops are nothing to play with and Garza sorted perfectly. Andrade in theory tried to cause interference at ringside. It was to no avail at first until McIntyre did eventually get double teamed by both men, but he responded with a flip dive that took out all three men during the closing moments of the match and he directed a hilarious message towards Zelina Vega saying that he can do it all. Just line him up, I keep knocking him down. He got Garza back in the ring, tried to set up the reverse Alabama slam, but got caught with a roll up for a two count. But McIntyre recovered and nailed Angel Garza with the Claymore kick to pick up the win. And the show was not over yet. Drew McIntyre was celebrating his victory with Byron Saxton and he said, I need to do one more. He kicked Angel Garza one more time with the Claymore kick, followed by another Claymore to Austin Theory who got in the ring to do whatever he was trying to do to Noravelle. And in a great spot as well, Andrade was running for his life. McIntyre does a baseball slide with the championship, does the Tranquilo pose once again as Monday Night Raw goes off the air at the top of the hour. This is a very fun main event for the second week in a row involving Drew McIntyre bringing the seriousness and the funny at the exact same time. And it comes so effortlessly and naturally. And I love the dynamic of Zelina Vega being the foil, being the antagonist, and Drew McIntyre not falling for her bullshit. It's a great, interesting dynamic that they share together. And a part of me feels bad for Angel Garza, Andrade, and Austin Theory for getting their asses kicked over the last couple of weeks. But Zelina Vega, I have complete faith in her ability to reheat them up in the weeks to come to make them a true dangerous trio in WWE. And I do think this group has a lot of potential once they start racking up wins by getting away from the WWE champion. Overall, this was a very fun episode of Monday Night Raw. It did feel long because there was a lot of matches, 10 matches on last night's show, but WWE is learning the lesson of the empty arena era by not having long matches that will drive away viewers. Keeping it short and simple is the way to go. The ratings, they are what they are. They can be good one week. They can be very blah the next week. It is what it is during the empty arena era. And that is something every company has to adjust to at this time. And fans who are hardcore are gonna stick around. The more casual fans, they might glimpse and say, and eh, this isn't for me and that's perfectly okay. But the onus is on WWE and AEW to continue providing quality programming during this time. As controversial as it may be in terms of how WWE got to where they are, we are where we are. And I do appreciate the effort from the talent to continue to entertain us week in and week out. And I'm getting used to the empty arena era. It's not as depressing as it was the first couple of weeks and all you saw was empty chairs. That was disheartening. Now we're getting in the groove. The wrestlers are adapting accordingly and they're having fun. And Drew McIntyre and Zelina Vega and Asuka, for that matter, are great examples of that as they are truly the MVPs of Monday Night Raw during this most interesting time in wrestling history. So hopefully the ball keeps rolling as we head into the most unusual Money in the Bank pay-per-view in three weeks time on Sunday, May 10th at 7 Eastern on the WWE Network. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 13 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can follow me on social media at LadyWrestlingX on Twitter. They can find me promoting these podcast shows on the daily, recapping the fallout from Monday Night Raw, AEW Dynamite, NXT, and Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. 
Feel free to download past episodes on your favorite podcast directories dating back to January 28th, which was the night after the Warrior Rumble when that auspicious road to WrestleMania began. You can check me out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Houston with episode number seven of the AEW Dynamite slash NXT Potpourri Mashup. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday and your holiday. Day, stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.